0: One. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature
1: is morally bankrupt.
2: It is because God's wrath is real that His mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of
3: their meaning.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. I've
3: worked in emergency medicine for 11 years. And I've seen a lot of death, yet I'm so afraid of dying. Any advice on how I can be at peace with dying, mortality?
4: That is the question. What is the answer? Depends on whom you ask. This is Wretched Radio. Doctor Jordan Peterson. He's all the rage these days. Sitting in the Q and A hot seat, a question from the audience about death and mortality, and it is worth reminding ourselves that Jordan Peterson has some things to teach us, but other things that need to be eschewed. And we need to be letting people who follow Jordan Peterson know not everything that he dishes out is worth consuming. This is a man who I know is dabbling in Christianity, but if he has any religion that is definitive at all, it is Jungianism. I, I, I don't know if that's a correct use of the word, but he loves Carl Jung. He loves psychology. He loves he, talking about the philosophers who were not anywhere near Christian, even though he maintains to some degree that he seems to dig Christianity, even if it isn't true. What can we learn from this fellow? Well, I think we need to learn why it is that he's so popular. Number one. He, he does not talk dumb to people. He uses big words. And his following, his, the, the number one demographic that digs Jordan Peterson, young males. And yet, he doesn't talk to them like they're knuckleheads at a youth group on Wednesday night. Let's learn that lesson. It's actually attractive to people. It actually makes him look like he might, you know, know something. second. It's interesting. Jordan Peterson, he's got to be pushing 60 if he hasn't hit the big six zero oh yet. And yet young men in particular follow him. And he dresses. Oh, Jimmy, what is that word I'm looking for? He dresses like not a Bo Brummel. Well, he is kind of a Bo Brummel kind of guy. An adult. Mm. He dresses like an adult. He puts on a suit and a tie, and he doesn't apologize for it. Why he does it? I don't know, but it doesn't repel young people. He's articulate. That's to be certain. His voice is quirky and interesting. And he has ideas that seem to make sense to help people navigate their way through life. And that's attractive. We can learn those lessons from him. But we also need to be reminded this is not a man that can be relied on to dole out truth, especially when it comes to eternally important issues like mortality.
1: Well, Socrates, but implicit in Socrates' apology is the following idea. Imagine you lived your life fully, and that would mean that you you said what you had to say when you had to say it, you did what you needed to do when you needed to do it, and you avail yourself of every opportunity that came your way so you'd exhaust yourself in the service of your life
4: you know where he's going if if you live your life like you're riding a bull named fu man you can die happy let's just for a moment assume okay that's satisfying but what about all of the preceding years where i haven't what do, what do i do with that baggage what do I do with my past? What do I do with squandered moments? What do I do with guilt? Shame. Let's say. Maybe by the time you were old, you'd have had enough.
1: You know, and you could just let go. And, I, you know, you do see this with people is that, and we kind of know this even when we grieve. You know, maybe you have a relative who's 95 and they die and, and people are sad, but you say, well, you know, they lived a full life. and. The fuller the life, the less, in some ways, the less catastrophic the demise
4: appears to be. Actually, I don't think so. Because death is still a stinker. Death is still an invasion into God's perfect existence for his people. Death is scary. There's a reason this question was asked. The book of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 15, informs us that everybody has this innate sense. Now, I'm taking, I'm taking the verse out of context because anytime you read just a verse, you're taking it out of context. It says, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It's innate. Death, it's foreboding. Death was an enemy. Everybody realizes, Zoink Scoob, if I take my last breath, I'm going to meet my maker. So, this question is crucial. And when we realize that, even if somebody has led a pretty prolific life, it's still a tragic thing. It is an effect of the fall, it's a consequence of sin. So, no matter how wonderful somebody's life was it's still a loss so jordan hasn't helped us yet has he and so
1: it might be that if you fully exhausted yourself i know you know people i said i mentioned this already people who are old and they look back in their life they're often sorrowful and regretful for the things they didn't do you know the things they left undone and maybe now can't do you know You could imagine those of you who've been parents, maybe have grown kids now. You think, well, if you could have children again, would you?
4: No, I like Jordan Peterson, but it appears he really hasn't given this much thought, has he? And he should. Apparently, 60 is going to be 61 this summer, huh, Jimmy? Yes. Yeah, you better be thinking about this a little more, I don't know, biblically.
1: And maybe the answer is yes, but. But another answer is, well, you know, I, I had kids already. I already did that. And, and and if you did that, well, maybe that's enough. You know, we have grandkids now, and that's not exactly the same as having kids. It's sort of, it's kids' light, right? And And it's wonderful. But you made a joke about that when you were on stage. You know, you said, they have all the advantages of children. Grandkids.
4: Can I just... Inject this observation. Friel, do you ever not? I I know when a man is on on his mark. (laughs) When he's speaking. (laughs) This ain't a fellow who's confident in what he's saying.
1: None of the disadvantages. And that's a joke. But everybody laughs because everybody gets that. And it's great to have grandchildren. And like, would we return to our youth
4: and do it again? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer, right? Because you, Would you want this guy in your deathbed? No. Why would we want our Christian brothers and sisters then downloading Jordan Peterson philosophy? Just,
1: well, you just don't have the... You can't tell what you decided unless that option was actually available to you. And maybe the answer is yes, and maybe the answer is no, because, you know, been there, done that, onto. Whatever the
4: next. All right, this goes nowhere. I think we I think we've gleaned that. Let us turn to an alternative source and ask the same question: What do I do about my fear of death? Well, let's go to two Bible verses that tackle it head on. Not rambling. Nothing about grandkids. Nothing about Socrates. Hebrews chapter two. Uh, Let's get the context, shall we? Chapter 2, verse 10. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. He's talking about Jesus Christ and his redemptive work and what it has accomplished, bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing praise to you. I will put my trust in him. Here am I and the children whom God has given me. Whoa, there's something big that's going to happen in the future. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, likewise, Jesus, shared in the same, that through death he Might destroy him who had the power of death, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. That's good news. There's a future, death is a passage. Then, if you scoot over to the great death chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, Go to the end for context. Now, this I say flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I tell you a mystery. We will not sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The last trumpet the dead will raise, be raised incorruptible, will be changed. We put on something that is incorruptible. Oh, death, where's your sting? Hades, where's your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. With all due respect to the very popular doctor, I think the Bible's answer is, a lot more definitive and a lot more comforting. This is Wretched Radio. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Master's Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines, not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles, to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send how many seminaries you might support overseas to learn more visit wretched.org slash pastor or if you like the bible sending idea wretched.org slash bible are
5: you like the rest of us tired of the same old christian tv shows Well, then look no further than Transformed. Season 2 has just been released. If you saw Season 1, then you know Transformed is not your typical Christian production. It offers a unique perspective on biblical counseling by sharing the stories and struggles of people with real issues who are seeking real solutions.
1: I seem to be singled out for mistreatment.
5: Dr. Greg Gifford, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University, hosts the show together with Dale johnson executive director of the association of certified biblical counselors by viewing our circumstances
6: first and not who god is our judgments clouded and Cain is a great example of that
5: if you're ready to transform your walk with christ with a profound and lasting impact transform season two is available now at wretched.org store i don't know if i've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before
4: Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This
2: year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Has 106 love.
4: That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home, parents get saved, and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania all over Eastern Europe, and now in Africa. Would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and Eastern Europe? TomorrowClubs.org slash Wretched.
0: Know your church fathers. Irenaeus was an apologist and disciple of Polycarp, who was a disciple of the Apostle John. He served as the Bishop of Lyon and wrote against heresies, a refutation of Gnosticism and Docetism in which he demonstrated the coherence and necessity of the Incarnation.
4: This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, if that didn't make you appreciate the Bible more, this should do it. This is Wretched Radio. Dr. Jordan Peterson, as best I can tell, he swung, he missed. Wildly on the question, how do I overcome my fear of death? There is only one way, and that is to have death conquered by a hero. And we have that victory in Christ. It is assured. It's not across your fingers, hope not to die. I just hope it goes okay. No, we have a confident hope. When we die, our bodies will eventually, on the last day, be raised to join our spirits remember we are dualistic in nature not in our thinking but in our nature we're body and soul our soul will go to be with the lord as soon as we die but on the great resurrection day no matter what your eschatology is your body's going to unite with your soul and it will be incorruptible and it will live forever because of jesus christ it is a verity you can take this to the bank And you can have your fear of death overcome. And I know whereof I speak. I never get tired of sharing the terrors that I had about death before God saved me. Whew. Scared like a nobody's business, I did not know who God was. we were not a church-going family, but I had nightmares about dying because I knew I had a conscience that was alive and well. This ain't going to end well for me when I step off of this planet into eternity <laughs> when God saved me, I'm gone, and over the decades, I can also tell you without being maudlin. Or somehow being a death seeker. Um, the idea of dying is uh, increasingly interesting to me in that it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. It'll be the best day of your life. Oh, I get it. I understand. I understand the earthly components. And maybe you've heard this before at a funeral. But believe me, the person who dies and goes to heaven... If you're concerned about dying is, I don't want to be separated from my loved ones. I'm going to miss them. You won't. You won't. They're there. That's just time, nothing in heaven. You will be enraptured by something so glorious, so heavy, so weighty, so profound, so good, so otherly. You, You aren't going to be thinking about what's happening on this planet. And the next thing you know, if your family is saved, they're going to be joining you for all of eternity. And you're going to have a body united to your soul, which will live forever on a physical heaven, which is the new earth. That gives you joy. That will eventually not only help you overcome your fear of death, it'll actually move you to looking forward to the day. Nope, not the process. Not clicking my heels over that. Believe me. Now, the only person that I can think of that's a bigger crybaby than I am when I'm sick, it would be Jimmy. Thank you. But other than that, I'm the king of crybaby. It's like, oh, my Balbo is really, oh, I don't know that I can drive today. I'm not looking forward to the process, but I am looking forward to the outcome. Jordan Peterson doesn't have an answer to the question, how do I overcome my fear of death? The Bible does. The world does not. The world system offers nothing. For instance, this New York Times article, this, was, this just came out in January. Three steps to age exuberantly. Oh, do tell me. This is from a new book, The Swedish Art of Aging Exuberantly, Life Wisdom, from someone who will probably die before you. The author is eighty-six years old, best-selling author, and the credit apparently right in the subtitle is uh, she knows something about death. No, she doesn't. She doesn't know anything about death because she hasn't died yet. But the Bible does because the author of it died, rose again, knows everything about it. One of his purposes in coming was to defeat death and the devil that we might have everlasting. He's the one who knows. But let's. Give a listen to the 86-year-old Swede who writes about aging exuberantly. Get ready, Jimmy. This is this is some stuff. Oh, it's a game changer. Number one, embrace kert besmeer. That's, that's Swedish right there. Oh. Kert besmeer. It's a phrase that means dear or cherished and pain. One kesmeer might be paying your bills. An annoying obligation, but you're still grateful that you have the money to pay for it. Okay. So, in other words, death, well, it's a bad thing, but it's simultaneously good. So, maybe Kertbisvier is the same as like a schadenfreude. It's sad and joyful simultaneously. Does that help you live exuberantly? Is there any hope in that statement? Is there any reason that I should anticipate death favorably? Nothing. Words. Empty chatter. The world has nothing. And what about the pain? Are you telling me that if I'm in my deathbed and it hurts? No, no, thank you, Doc. I don't need any pain medication. I'm just gonna repeat Kert over and over again. Step number two: surround yourself with the young. Oh, okay. because if you do, hearing about their plans and prospects is a way to stay in tune with the young person you yourself were at some point that helping you, you feeling, feeling better about dying. Number three, say yes, whenever possible. Now, this is going to be a New York Times bestseller. To age exuberantly, you must actively recognize internalized ageism and fight against it. Saying yes as often as you can is, in effect, saying yes to life, being curious and exploratory, being part of a community. Give it a try, whatever it is. Maybe you'll go to a party and be the last to leave because you're having such a good time. Oh, Jimmy. Are we done with this program for the day? Almost. I need to go live exuberantly now that I know these three factoids. Nothing. The world's got nothing. Another demonstration of that. Vanity, vanity. The world is filled with it. NPR. Ten pieces of well-worn life advice you may need to hear right now. Oh, that ain't click So here are the well-worn pieces of advice you need to hear right now from therapists, career coaches, relationship experts, and writers. That actually could be the job description for a lot of pastors these days. (laughs) I wish I were actually kidding about that. Go read some of the job descriptions for pastors. You're going to ask the question, "Um, did you ever ask what the Bible has to say the qualifications for a shepherd are? Apparently not you're looking for an organizer a leader a vision caster somebody who uses his time well and knows how to lead people is good with numbers what 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 about titus 1 and first timothy 2 and 3 here are the 10 pieces of well-worn advice you need to hear right now one there's more than one way to do something Oof. That comes from a clinical psychologist, Jimmy. More than one way to do something. My grandfather used to say that. Here's a marriage and family therapist. The hate will come at the same rate as the love. Oh, I needed that right now. Number three, from a relationship coach. Now, that Jimmy, I'm about to change your life. Probably changed Mrs. Hicks life, but are you, I hope you're sitting down for this one. This, this was actually from NPR. That would be your national public radio. Do smaller loads of laundry. Whoa, whoa, that is just a, a tide of great information. I'm going to have to sit downy for that. If <laughs> Steve Lawson were here, it would go on for about seven minutes. Number four from a professor of psychology at the University of California Santa Barbara: Being vulnerable means taking off our armor. Whoa! I think I heard that on The Oprah before. Number five from what is this? Somebody who wrote a real a reality dating series did you know i this was disgusting and it's a tv show i and i and i i read about it somebody sent it to org, and and on the whatever that channel was we must have had it parked there for something and the commercial apparently it's like a mansion and it's older ladies with like teenage and 20 something sons they all go there and all of the sons uh, end up being frisky with Somebody else's mother, who's also the kid, is there. Hey, that's quality TV. Right there. So apparently, this person has written some sort of dating series. Go where the energy goes. Ah. <sighs> Number six, it's not all about you. Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. yes, it is. Number seven, from a financial therapist. What? expect yourself to change eight from a licensed therapist when people show you who they are believe them number nine from a grief counselor pace out your self-improvement and ten it's okay to say I don't know from a clinical psychologist now go and live exuberantly because you know everything you need to know about life right now I think I'll stick with the Bible this is Wretched Radio
5: And this is Wretched News on Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. In Tennessee, the state house has passed a bill that would ban drag shows from public venues where minors may be present. The bill was first introduced by state representative Chris Ty. Hey, I know that guy. you know, some of the bills being passed these days. On the one hand, they are good because they're needed in our current culture. But on the other hand, they're tragic because they're needed in our current culture. Well, if you live in Minnesota and this guy is your pastor, find another pastor immediately. i
1: I'm gonna spread that word to my um, not so kind Christian colleagues who are all about restricting access. When our faith says expand access, And I would say if you have any faith at all, then have, have your faith be as big as possible. And If you don't have faith for a person who's pregnant to make their own choices, then your faith is way too
5: small. Well, Pastor, it seems that your God may be way too false. And a court in West Virginia has placed an injunction on a law banning gender-confused males from competing in women's sports. And you know, this isn't news to us. It's not new. But recently, I've started wondering if this is really more just about everybody getting a trophy than it is anything else. I don't know, probably not, but I do remember, true story here, when I was in middle school, this one particular year in PE class, we had a large number of boys in the class, more than girls, and some of the boys that couldn't keep up with the others, you know, they were late bloomers, would get sent over to even out the girls' teams never one time do I remember any of those boys wanting to stay because, well, they're just better than the girls. No, they would be embarrassed and want to get back to the boys side ASAP. What's happened in the last 25 years? Finally, we have some good news coming out of Uganda, which is not always the case, but it is being reported that police have rescued 40 Christian children in a kidnapping scam radical Muslims from a rebel militant group proposing as a Christian charity offering free education. Thankfully, this time, the 40 children were found safe and unharmed. As we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure that you continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. And that's been your Wretched News. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Yeah.
5: dates in Christian history.
0: 1545. The Council of Trent opens. Called by the Roman Catholic Church in response to the Reformation, it addressed abuses in the Catholic Church and further entrenched dogmas concerning the authority of the Pope, the need for works in salvation, and the saving nature of the Mass. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
4: It doesn't take a rocket sociologist to figure out this Conundrum, this is Wretched Radio. Boom! Right after the fall, Goyles and boys began to concern themselves with the perception... Of others. How do they view how I look? Whether you're a pink or a blue, probably more so if you're a pink, but blues are not exempt from being concerned about self image. How do people perceive me? Do they think I'm beautiful? Am I handsome? And do they find me attractive? And whilst every generation has struggled with self image issues, you can't help but observe social media. Woo! Has it intensified the pressure to look beautiful if you do not yourself struggle with self-image issues? You live with somebody who does. If you don't live with somebody who does, you most certainly go to church with somebody who does, which is why we're thrilled to pieces to introduce Transform Season 2, our Biblical Counseling Series. You're about to meet Sabina and Dr. Dale Johnson, first from ACBC. And Dr. Greg Gifford, who is our biblical counselor. And by the way, if you have not yet tuned in to Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford podcast, wherever podcasting is found, you're missing out. This thing, it's hot. And there's a reason for it. He's so good. He hears the issue. Remember, the biblical counselor never receives the presenting issue as the potential problem. You've got to go digging for the root, which is producing the fruit, which is what we will hear Dr. Gifford do. And he does it magnificently. I truly encourage you, go check out the Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford podcast to help you apply the Bible to life, just like he is going to do with Sabina.
3: I think that because I'm insecure I I'm not that big of a risk taker. I you know I always wanted to when I was a little girl I wanted to sing and I I I stopped singing. I stopped putting you know I don't like attention. I don't like to be the center of any attention. I would um, starve myself, and I think because of that, I would end up with very bad uh, panic disorder. Um, I would have these episodes and fits where I'd be throwing everything, I'd be on the floor in fetal position, I couldn't breathe, and um, it was just, I was very uh, high maintenance in that department. I struggle with depression the most, I would say, um, in isolation when I'm alone, when I'm actually around people. I can be very social in certain aspects, but it's when I'm alone in my own head or I'm just alone that, you know, I start thinking about things from the past. I start thinking about where my life's at now. Um, even thinking about the future. When I am in need of self-love, I ask God to help me. I ask, I pray, and I say, Lord, please help me to love myself. Help me to see myself the way you see me.
2: Dr. Dale Johnson, man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart. Unfortunately, even Christians can judge themselves based on our own outward appearance. This has always been true but never as true as it is today as we live in a world that bombards us with messages that inform us that externals are far more important than internals.
6: Dr. Gifford. As I'm preparing to sit down with Sabina, I have some questions that I'd like to hear answered. And it's really help me gain a perspective of how she views herself, who she thinks is beautiful, how she thinks God views her. As I'm sitting down with her, it seems to me that body image and self-image is a big deal. So I want to ask these questions to better understand where she's coming from. Let's do that now. Mina. Hi. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. First thing is, oh, what does God think about how you are made? What do you think? What does God think about how Sabina was made?
3: Well, the Bible does say that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that? Not really. Oof, duh.
4: <sighs> She knows the truth. She just hasn't been able to apply the truth. We hear this so often in biblical counseling. How come I've never been able to connect the dots? That is precisely what biblical counseling does. We are about to enter into a biblical counseling session with Dr. Gifford and Sabina, who is dealing with body image issues, digging for Not the fruit, but
2: for the root, starting with a fear of man problem? Imagine that you've been invited to be a contestant in a beauty pageant. How would you prepare? Most likely you would shop for a ball gown and a bathing suit and get your hair, makeup, and nails done. Why? Because we know the criteria of beauty pageant judges. External beauty. If you want to win the pageant, you'll strive to meet the judges' criteria. Now, keep imagining with me, let's say you were invited to participate in a beauty pageant and the only judge is God. How would you prepare? The only way to know how to please the heavenly judge is by knowing what his criteria is for beauty. The standard of beauty of the only judge that really matters is found in the Bible.
6: Sabina, I want to start by showing you a couple of scripture, and trying to take the scripture and apply it to your life, and we'll talk about beauty, we'll talk about how we perceive ourselves and how God perceives us. So verse 10 says, An excellent wife, who can find? She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. Verse 25 says, Strength and dignity are her clothing and
3: she laughs at the time to come. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. This is
6: a passage about the excellent wife, and towards the end, when it says that she is strong and dignified, that's what she she clothes herself with. Uh, It's in light of this just internal character, this internal aptitude that she has. Uh, But the last part of verse 20, It says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm. That's such a powerful statement, especially in light of this whole chapter, because this this woman is godly. She's hardworking. She cares for her family. She's loyal. She's serving others. She's instructing. And she fears the Lord. You know, you, you don't fear the Lord from your body. You don't fear the Lord from your external appearance. You fear the Lord from what's going on inside of you. Whenever Samuel is told to go and anoint David... One of the things that the Lord tells him is that man looks on the outside, but the Lord is the one that looks on the heart, right? And so that's an encouragement to us. It's an encouragement because no matter how I look on the outside, no matter how put together I can come across, no matter how nicely I might dress, God knows what's going on inside
3: of my heart. The first time I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw was when I was nine years old, Um, I had gained a lot of weight because my mom was married a lot and we were always being thrown out and moving Mm -hmm. and I used food as a coping mechanism and I remember looking in the mirror and despising, you know, just feeling disgusting in every way. At nine years old, that was the beginning of a lot of self-destructive behavior that that I end up committing, and over the life my lifetime, uh, it's very frustrating. Especially when I go look in the mirror, it could just trigger my whole day. So I try not to look at myself in the mirror, just so that I can hmm. function and not become obsessive. I start thinking really bad thoughts about myself, about my life. Yeah, I just get really obsessive, and it's tormenting. Ouch. <laughs>
6: Sabina let's go to another passage and I want to continue the idea of how God evaluates beauty, how we view ourselves, how it all connects. So the next passage that I would like to show you is from 1st Peter chapter 3.
3: Your adornment must not be merely external braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses. But let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable qualities of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God.
6: When Peter is talking here, he's talking about your internal heart, not your external beauty. Don't let the way that you take care of yourself be external only. Uh, You and I have met people that are physically attractive people, but they're nasty to be around. (laughs) Now, the way that Peter is placing the emphasis here is let your focus be on the hidden person of the heart. So he says even more than that, with the imperishable beauty, it's the Christ-like spirit. Jesus was strong, yes, but identifies himself as gentle and lowly. Even if you met your own standards of beauty today, it's still
4: perishable. Want to hear the rest of the episode? I'll bet you might transform season three. You will find it at wretched.org. Encourage you, youth group, these resources. Bring it to your adult Sunday school. You have people in your church who are wrestling with self image issues, and the Bible has the solution. Of course it does. This is Wretched Radio. Because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Reborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives?
2: That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing. And when she got here, it was just, oh my gosh.
4: (laughs) Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life and obviously her baby's life changed.
5: When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be
4: without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn dot slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched.
5: Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. You know, I get the question quite a bit. Why do you guys do the things that you do there at Wretched? And maybe you've wondered the same thing. And I'll answer that question by sharing a number that I actually read just the other day. Out of around 8 billion people worldwide, roughly 30% claim to be Christian, which means 70% of the world's population is on a collision course with hell. And that is why we do what we do here at Wretched. Our goals are to evangelize the lost, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. And we can't do any of it without the help of our gospel partners. If you're not currently one of our gospel partners, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? It's through the help of our gospel partners that we're able to do what we do and reach millions every single day with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So head to Wretched.org donate and find out exactly how we can partner together. Wretched. Amazing grace, amazing gospel.
4: Typical radio commercials will have one big shebang, the opening line, do we have your attention now? This particular commercial has eight. Have we got your attention now? MediShare, affordable biblical health sharing will save the average family $500 per month. Second, Medishare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to typical health insurance. Double—that's—that's that's times two. If you weren't homeschooled, a massive network of providers to choose from. Medishare's the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. They've been around for 25 years. Four billion dollars in healthcare bills have been shared. If you call them now, you will save on the joining fee. They're going to erase it. That's another 170 dollars. This is a limited time offer, which means make it snappy. Call one eight four. Four three four Bible eight four four three four Bible. Did I mention eight four four three four Bible to get your Medishare quote in under two minutes?
0: Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Apostle of our Confession. An Apostle is one who is sent. Jesus is the one sent from the Father and empowered by the Holy Spirit to deliver the Gospel in which all Christians confess their belief. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. The thrill of victory
4: the agony of the beat. That's why you need orthopedic shoes. This is Wretched Radio, spanning the globe. Because you send stuff from everywhere, and I'd like to share it all, but there are times when I can't put everything together in a theme, so what do I do? Play some theme music? Come up with a title? Call it Wide World of Christian News? Wah and la you have? Well... Pretty much this stack of stuff right here. This is Wretched Radio. Got a question for you. Are you like so many Roman Catholics, Episcopalians? Perhaps even Eastern Orthodox celebrating Lent, you say. Not familiar with that. If you're an evangelical, you're not. But if you grew up, even Lutherans have a liturgical calendar where we celebrate a season called Lent, kicking it off with Ash Wednesday. If I'm not mistaken, it began in 1091 is the first record, maybe 1091, 92, Pope Urban II. He's the fellow who decided, hey, let's show everybody how repentant and humble we are by putting a visible symbol of our repented humility on our forehead, seemed to have caught on, but Ash Wednesday kicks off the Lenten season, which culminates with Monday Thursday, the night our Savior was betrayed, Good Friday, and then of course Easter Sunday. Many churches, for better or for worse, celebrate the Lenten season. Question, do you? Most likely, if you're an evangelical, you get the heebie-jeebies about a liturgical church calendar. And I get that. I understand how stodgy it become. I understand how boring it can become. But might I suggest possibly we just lose the name Lent and ask a different question. If we have a valid reason to assemble together as the saints to celebrate what, for the Christian, should be the biggest celebration of the year, which is Resurrection Sunday, why wouldn't we want to go to church more? Why wouldn't we want to have a season of repentance? Why wouldn't we want to spend more time considering the passion of our Savior? Now, you don't have to do it in a dry and dusty way, but i got to tell you, if you said to me, hey, we're going to do a service on Thursday night because that's the night that Jesus instituted the covenant meal of the Lord's Supper. I'm in. Hey, let's go Good Friday and let's really think about what our Savior did for us. I'm in. Don't call it Monday, Thursday. Don't call it Good Friday. We're okay with Easter Sunday, so let's stick with that. But wouldn't this actually be a great time to spend more time together? just asking let's go to uh, salt lake city uh shall we the mormon church got into a little bit of hot water five million dollar fine why they were just hiding a few investments <laughs> to the tune of 32 billion dollars that's what they're hiding the reason that they kept it a little hush hush a top exec said the church was worried that its wealth would cause members to stop donating well i guess that's a that's a possibility isn't it watch out for the mormon church they are no longer a dark horse they are running the christian race to win because they no longer consider themselves to be the church of jesus christ of latter day saints and the rest of us are out but instead they're trying to lump themselves in with evangelicals the chosen Sorry, still got that little tickle thing that I'm dealing with right there. And when you go to the Internet, in fact, Jimmy, let's just see if I'm right about this. And no matter what the result is, I will be because I'm a talk show host. Let's Google. um, What is Easter? And see where the LDS response comes up in the list of the Google. Because, you know, you can buy yourself there and you can do all the search engine business and the SE search, SEO, I think is what it's called. Search engine optimization. So that you can pop up at the top. They regularly pop up at the top. Put in a great hymn. Guess who comes up singing it? The Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Jimmy, what do you got? How are, are they anywhere near the top? Uh, no, no, they're not. Really?
5: Right? Yeah, I haven't seen them yet. All
4: right. Um, type in um, what would be a great classic hymn. They might not sing "Amazing Grace" because <laughs> it ain't a sweet sound in a work righteous system. Uh, um, um, Hark the herald! Angel, grab "Hark the herald angels sing" on the YouTube machine. And I'll bet you the Mormon tabernacle pops up because they're working very hard to mainstream themselves. And as we've just learned, they've got the cash to do it. You keep working on that for me, Jimmy, and just keep working until you find one that proves my point, if you'd be so kind. <laughs> okay. What'd you find for YouTube and Hark the Herald Angels Sing? still working you are just type so up. old <laughs> your kids would have had this for me before i even asked for it do you know that they are number five all right there's yeah. just an example i see it regularly better place better source if you have a theological question Go to gotquestions.org. They're very reliable. I can't speak for the 750,000 responses to questions they have. No kidding. But everything I've read there have been pretty good. A whole lot better than an LDS website. Spain. <laughs> Never been to Spain. And I'll be honest, I'm not even sure I like the music. But they've decriminalized sexual relations with animals. As long as, hey, we got some standards here. As long as there's no physical injury that requires a veterinary visit. Uh, Oh, man, Scylla, if you wondered if we are we getting near the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I, I, I think we're scratching right there. I don't know if you recall this, but after the Obergefell ruling. It wasn't long before the floodgates opened and the inevitable slippery slope began sliding down as fast as possible. And people using the same argumentation that love is love started to promote polyamory. They started to promote pedophilia. No, I'm sorry. Um, pu- uh, may, uh, attra- sex, uh, You're attracted to kids. Maps. Male. No. Uh, minor attractive person. That's the one right there. Yeah. You've redeemed yourself, Jimmy. Thank you. Well played. <laughs> and bestiality. And and people said, well, no, bestiality, because I'm sorry for this, but this is just our world. Animals can't give consent. The people who are for it said, oh, yeah, they can. How? Well, you just know. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, we, we used to think that's kind of a problem. Now we legalize it. In Spain, as long as... It doesn't cause physical injury. Back to America, new male birth control shows promising results in lab mice, rendering them temporarily infertile because of an injectable dose. Previous versions of male birth control found a 95%, sex r- 95% success rate at preventing unwanted pregnancy through hormone-based methods but were abandoned due to unwanted side effects i when did we start worrying about side effects i'd like to know this world we live in let's go to princeton they've got to be smarter there oops princeton sophomore says honor code ban on cheating is racist that's right you gotta pay a lot to become that ridiculous in the college newspaper a sophomore argues the american systems by the way If you aren't Caucasian, prepare to be offended. And I'm sorry for that because this is offensive. How can I get that? And the people who come up with these ridiculous CRT inspired ideas don't get this. The argument goes like this. The American system of legal administration enact violence against minority populations. Oh, Princeton's honor code tasked with holding students accountable and honest in academic settings mirrors the criminal justice system in its rules and effects therefore the rule on cheating should be abolished because people of different skin color need to cheat that's what she's saying how offensive is this The outline of the disciplinary actions imposed, such as suspension, withholding of financial aid, getting a mark on your transcript, getting kicked out on students who violate the honor code affect minority or first generation low income students the most, whom she argues are unprepared and navigating such a system in the first place. So she recommends the university should lead by example by dismantling the honor code system, which acts as a barrier to social mobility and a more equitable society. <laughs> 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 if you aren't offended by that worldview, I don't know what it's going to take. Our last stop Get ready for this, Jimmy. The Philippines, let's get to 10,000 Bibles. We want to send 10,000 MacArthur Study Bibles to the Philippines. Would you please provide that blessing to as many brothers and sisters as possible? We're working with the Masters Academy International. MacArthur Study Bibles in the hands of believers who are in Bible teaching churches from Teachers, pastors who are trained by the Masters Academy International. We want to get to 10,000. We're getting there. We love it if you join us. Learn more at wretched.org/slash Bible. Wretched.org/slash Bible. And until tomorrow, don't go to Princeton, but go serve your king.